Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that His heart is for you to grow in knowing Him and to grow in walking with Him. Minutes ago, before we started here, and this this lady had a tumor, a tumor. I mean, I'm talking about a tumor that, that the doctor says she's going to die from. So we prayed and believe in God for divine, total healing. Speaking a word over. When I say pray, I mean speak a word. Speak a word. Jesus didn't pray for six people. He spoke words of authority to tumors, two sicknesses, two diseases two demons and these these entities began to leave these people so we just got a text that this tumor is now literally before their eyes is dissipating come on now and it's literally and everything that's in the tumor is coming out and just oozing out and they're watching this tumor disappear in there i just that was just a few minutes ago come on now so i'm talking about some supernatural things that are taking place on a regular basis so as i teach this message here i'm I'm going to talk about you know how to see that miracle take place how to see that dream take place in your life and I'm going to talk about the process of how it works notice now that person that we prayed for that was about um, I think three weeks ago now three weeks ago and now it's starting to manifest okay but now they received the word of the Lord and grabbed a hold of it and did what I'm about to talk about here tonight, and now they're beginning to see the manifestation of that miracle in their life, okay? And so, I'm going to start out with three verses here tonight. Number one verse is here in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, Genesis eight twenty-two. It says, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall never, ever come to an end. So here God establishes right at the very beginning a law. As you listen to the teachings of Jesus, he talked about how his kingdom works like a farm. And I, want, I just want to say that, I know it sounds a little simplistic, but I want to, and Jesus never meant for this thing to be complicated. Uh, you got to be diligent, but it's not complicated. And uh, he said, my kingdom works like a farm. And there's a lot of what the word of God says about the seed kind of thing. But he says, this is, this spiritual, not only physical, natural, but spiritual law called seed, time, and harvest will always be functioning 24-7, 365. As long as the earth is functioning, as long as there is winter and summer, day and night, all these different seasons as long as these seasons this is going on as long as the earth is still here that law will always work always 100 percent no exceptions to it 
And so uh, I want us to, I'm just kind of building a little foundation here at the beginning. Now the next verse that I want to uh, speak over us here is in the Gospel of uh, <clears throat> Hebrews, I'm not in the Gospel, the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 11, it says this, Sarah's faith, I'm reading this one, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and then I'm going to quote it out of a different translation, but Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle-working power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. Let me read that one more time. Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing for the authority of her faith, the authority of her faith, the authority that her faith carried. Your faith either carries a level of authority or it doesn't. And, uh, and so whatever kind of authority, your words of faith that carry authority produce results. She said the authority of her faith rested not in her faith, but it rested in the promise for she tapped into God's faithfulness, the one who made the promise. Another translation says that Sarah, by faith, received strength to conceive the seed. It happened by faith. Everybody say by faith. Everybody say by faith. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by coincidence. It didn't happen because God just wanted it to happen. It happened because this woman literally grabbed a hold of it and came to a place where by faith, strength came to her womb and gave her the power to conceive the seed. One more verse. Here in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John Chapter 5, I'm going to tie these, these verses together throughout the message here. 1 John, chapter 5, <clears throat> I want to just read it, I can quote it to you, but I just wanted to take time to read it tonight. First John chapter 5 and verse 4 says this. <clears throat> you see that every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Verse 5, so we are the world conquerors, defeating its power, those who believe or exercise faith in Jesus, the Son of God. You see that every child of God, one translation says, whatsoever or whomsoever is born of God overcomes the world and the power that gives us the ability to overcome the world is the power that flows from our faith. Let me say that again. Whatsoever or whomsoever is born of God, he has the power to overcome everything that's in this world that may come towards them and the power that gives you the ability to overcome comes by way of you exercising or walking by faith. By faith, Sarah received strength to her womb. You overcome through power that comes only through 
faith. Now, <clears throat> this word overcome come, is, is an actual Greek verb tense that means it's ongoing, continuously, never ends. So it literally reads like this in the Greek language. He who is born of God or whatever is born of God overcomes and keeps on overcoming and overcomes and overcomes and keeps on overcome and never stops overcoming. And the power that gives us the victory to overcome comes from a Greek word, which is, and some of you heard me say this before, is the Greek word Nike. Nike. The word Nike means excessive, too much power that has no boundaries or limits to it. Power that has no boundaries, no limits, excessive, too much. So when the company named themselves Nike, it's not an English word, it's a Greek word, they were saying, this company shall have no boundaries to it. It shall grow in excess and it will take over the world. Yeah, yeah. When you put something on it, when you title something, when you call it, see, faith works like this. It calls those things that be not as though it actually is. So when that company was tiny and nobody knew what it was, these people had enough sense to call it something that they desired it to be. A company that had excessive, too much power, that where there was no limits or boundaries to it. We shall call this company Nike Power. Nike. So God says when you operate in this kind of power, man, nothing, nothing, you can overcome every single time. But for that to take place, you've got to operate in this thing called seed, time, and harvest. By faith, she received seed, strength, excuse me, to conceive the seed. In the brilliance of God's mind, he created everything and everyone in such a way that they cannot produce a harvest or fulfill a dream without the help of someone else. Let me say that again. In the brilliance of God's mind, He created everyone and everything on this earth in such a way that it has to be connected to the right person or the right thing if it's going to produce what God intended it to produce. The only being that can do anything like that independently by its, himself is God. Everything else he created, he intentionally created in such a way that it needs a counterpart to come and connect with it for it to produce a harvest. Not even the moon can function without the sun. The sun cannot function without the moon. We have found out that the ecosystem is very fragile and it's connected to everything that's connected to everything. And if you add something to the system, it destroys the system. Or if you take something out of the ecosystem, it destroys the system. And not only the ecosystem, but everything else. When you add something that should not be added, it will not produce. If you take away something that needs to be left there, it will not produce the harvest that God desires it to be. So every one of us and everything on this earth needs this counterpart to come a corresponding counterpart, not identical, but a corresponding 
counterpart to connect with them if they're going to produce a harvest. As I said earlier, not even the seed that God created can produce a harvest without some kind of corresponding counterpart. This whole message is flowing out of a comment that I made about a month ago, and I said that uh, that uh, um, the, um, the earth, the soil, the church, and the heart of man have something all in common, and that is that we are seed incubators. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some are seed sowers, and some are seed incubators. Okay, follow me now, follow me, pay attention. It's all, you're, all, you're, gonna, you're gonna catch me here in a few minutes. And uh, so, all of us, let me say that again, the soil, the earth, and the church itself, the heart of man, all of it has something in common. We're all seed incubators. Jesus tells a foundational uh, parable in one of his teachings in Mark chapter four, and he says, listen now, the seed is my word, and I am the seed sower. Your heart is the soil or the spiritual womb. My seed is always perfect. But then he goes on to say that, that even though I sow my seed, someone's going to fall on hard ground. Some of my seed is going to fall on the wayside. Some is going to fall into some people's hearts, but then over the process of time, they're going to allow cares, anxieties, and the concerns of life to cause other things to grow up in that soil, and it will literally choke my seed out. But then there are some people where the, their spiritual womb or the soil of their heart is going to be good. It's going to be healthy. It's going to be strong. And they will receive the seed of my word, and they will produce 30, 60, 100-fold harvest in their lives. So in that parable, and as you study the Gospels, you'll find out most of the people produce no harvest in their lives after listening to the words of Jesus. Even though Jesus' words were his seed, his words were perfect, they produced, he was saying in that parable that 75% of all the people who hear and, and receive the seed of my word will produce absolutely nothing in their life. So the issue is not the seed. The issue is the womb. The issue is not the seed sower. The issue is the seed incubator. If you're going to overcome, and, uh, or if you're going to give birth to something new in your life, you've got to overcome. Come on now, you following? Everything that's born of God will have the power to overcome, but then the other side of the coin is, if you want to give birth to something new, you're going to have to overcome. And if you're going to overcome, you're going to have to use your faith. And that means resistance has to come. Hmm. Hmm. See, this is why after 37 years of full-time pastoring, I've seen very little, as it relates to literally the thousands of people that I've taught, relatively speaking, have produced very little in their life. Why? 
because they don't like the resistance thing. Yeah, no, 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 resistance, no. Listen, the reality is resistance has to come. Challenges have to come into your life. Trials have to come into your life. These things create the correct atmosphere for my faith to manifest in a tangible way so that people can see it. Did you see? Did you catch that? If trials don't come, if resistance doesn't come, the atmosphere is not properly created in which a way, in, in, in a way where I can use my faith in such a way where people who are looking at my life can actually see my faith work. I'm not talking about something spiritual, internal in your heart. I'm talking, it starts there, but I'm talking about it working in such a way where it's tangible, where it can be seen by people. So people, uh, what, what good is it to say you've got faith in God if people can't see it? It's pointless. It doesn't draw nobody into the kingdom of God. They got to see your faith work with move with power. They got to see your faith overcome. Come on now. So everyone, everything that is birthed by God has the power to overcome if they tap into their faith. And everyone who uses their faith and comes against the resistance will see their faith overcome and give birth to something. Come on now. Uh, so we want to give birth, but we got to be able to receive the seed and be that seed incubator. Whenever God wants to birth something in the earth, come on, or, or see, or, or cause something to overcome, or cause something to be victorious, or demonstrate his will or his power or his glory, he has to birth something. If he wants to deliver something, he has to birth something. When he wanted to birth a brand new nation out of the womb of Egypt, called the Israelites, he had to get them out of the womb. But to get them out of the womb, there had to be a deliverer who was born. His name was Moses. But to get Moses born so that these people could overcome there had to come resistance. So as soon as the process begins, here they are sitting in this womb for 400, over 400 years. God's given them a promise. Now God says it's time for this to take place. But, my goodness, and the Bible said, records that the Egyptians are growing and multiplying and exceedingly becoming so successful in everything they do that they are growing in numbers more than the Egyptians. And now they're scared to death. The Egyptians are scared to death. And so now they got to do something about that. And so they got to put a stop to this whole thing. And so, um, but God is trying to cause something to be birthed so that they can overcome all of this resistance. Come on now, that's coming against them. 
So here's what takes place here. I'm about to just drop a word of grace upon you right there. Just a prophetic word of grace I'm going to drop on you right now. If you want it, you can go ahead and pick it up. If you don't, I'm going to pick it back up and take it home with me. Come on now. But here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. When the resistance comes, God always, if you're awake and alert, will cause, and I believe that this is happening right now, and I've seen testimony after testimony after testimony over the last, I'm going to say, four months now, and it's, I just see it increasing and increasing now, that God is releasing a fresh anointing and a spirit of acceleration to come upon the body of Christ like never before. Come on now. Acceleration, acceleration, acceleration. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on now. Acceleration means that what took you a year, you can do in a month. What took you a month, you can do in a week. What took you a week, you can do in one hour. Come on now. That's the spirit of acceleration that came upon the prophet Elijah that caused him to outrun King Ahab and his stallion horses. Come on now. When the spirit of acceleration comes on you, you can, come on now, move faster and get things done quicker and outrun the strategies of the devil that is pursuing you. When you understand. And I came to declare tonight prophetically that God is, his heart is, I've heard him clearly, he wants to release that upon his sons and daughters in this right hour right here. We're causing, come on, things to accelerate supernaturally. Come on now. When people say, well, it's going to take, you know, when we, we, we've done some studies, you know, it's going to take five years to get this business off the ground. Yeah, okay, from a natural standpoint, maybe it's going to take five years to get this ministry, this business, whatever, to get that thing off the ground. But God has a power where he can supersede all of that natural stuff and cause that thing to explode. Come on now, as he gives birth. And some of you are in the process of giving birth to dreams, giving birth to ministries, giving birth to businesses, giving birth to brand new careers at whole other levels. And I'm telling you right now, this message could not be more timely and more prophetic right here tonight in the name of Jesus. When God wants to see you give, come on, to deliver something brand new, to give birth to something brand new in the earth, come on, you got to overcome, you got to stand against the resistance, and to do that, you're going to have to use some faith. Come on now, in the Word of God. Come on, and so that seed has got to be received into your heart. Even when God wanted to deliver a nation, to bring salvation to a world, to bring peace to a world kind of thing, He had to birth a Savior. Come on now. And just like within, in the Egyptians when the king, come on now, begin made that edict and said, man, when those new children are born, man, just mm, kill them all, especially all the male children, make sure you kill them all kind of thing. But then the midwives would come back to the Egyptians and say, listen, I don't know what's going on with them Egyptian women, but my goodness, before we can get to our house, to their house, they're like popping these children out in minutes. Come on now. And hiding them, and we don't even know where they're at. It's called the spirit of acceleration. Come on now. When you can literally pump those things out, come on now, those little children right out of you, come on, just like that, that's a, an anointing. That's the power of God that comes in the midst of grace that comes upon you in the midst. And I'm telling you, you can believe that with everything that you got. When the king, Herod, made the, the, the decree, man, you need to go over there, every child under two, kill them all. And that's exactly what they did. But God protected Jesus, and once he got Jesus birthed into the earth, everything, everyone who's born of God the Father will 
overcome, come on now, and bring power and victory. So if you're in Christ tonight, and you certainly are, and Christ is living on the inside of you, you walk with excessive, too much, without limits, no walls kind of power that's dynamic that's all the inside of you. So it isn't, God's not, God's not holding anything back from you. God's not holding. I just want to say that again and again. Well, I don't understand why. Man, if I thought that if it would have happened, the Lord would have made it happen by now. No, the Lord has done everything he's ever going to do to make everything happen for you. You've got to learn to tap into that which is already on the inside of you and learn how to use it in a more effective way. So stop throwing God under the bus. Stop throwing your mate and your pastor or whatever under the bus. Come on, now, it's us. Come on now, that needs to use our faith to release that power, to come against that resistance, to overcome, to give birth to the new thing. Come on, on. And so that comes by seed sowing. Come on. Sarah. They got the, the promise 25 years earlier. When the word of the Lord came to her, the Bible says that she laughed. And the Lord came to Sarah and says, why are you laughing? And she said, I didn't laugh. And he said, yes, you did. Uh, I, I don't really like that. And so we're going to name your child Isaac, which means laughter. So every time you call him, you're going to be reminded that you mockingly laughed at me, and you're never going to do that again. Because I don't appreciate people mocking, laughing with a mocking spirit at my impossible words. Come on, if God gives you a word and you can figure out how to do it, it's not from God. Come on now, let me just say it right there. God only gives words that are impossible. Because he, he, well, he wants all the glory. Come on now, he don't want, I don't care how gifted, talented, or bright, or brilliant you may think you are kind of thing. God only gives dreams, visions, and words that are impossible. Come on now, that demand his supernatural divine intervention in your life, or it's not going to happen kind of thing. And so that's what's going needs to take place kind of thing. And so with Ava, 25 years, she's trying to give birth to this miracle child. But the issue was not with Abraham. The issue was with Sarah. Abraham's seed was good all the time. You said, how do you know that? Well, all you got to look at, look at the story of Hagar. You remember that story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when Sarah said, listen, man, this, this is not going to happen. And, uh, but I got my executive assistant over here, and she's looking fine. Come on now. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, you might want to just go spend some time with her. And so he's like, where is she at? And so he looks at it like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And so Sarah said, man, she's going to help you be everything you need to be. Come on and do everything you need to do. Come on now. And so yeah, all of that kind of thing. But the problem is, listen, little side, little side note, little side road right here. The root word for Hagar is hag. <laughs> Stay away from all hags. Come on now. Spiritual hags. Come on now. Natural hags. Get away from these people. Come on now. And so they're not going to produce anything good. All you're going to do is produce works of flesh in your life right there. So Abraham's seed was good the whole time. And this guy, many sons did Abraham have. And Abraham, many sons, man. Abraham was a man. Come on now. This man, he was a man of men. This guy was producing more children than they did. Even at the age, he's like 125 years old. He's still, come on, having children. Come on. And so there was nothing wrong with Abraham's seed. It was Sarah's womb, the incubator, that something was wrong with. 
And so it came to a place through the process where Sarah had to come to a place where she finally, after 25 years of trying to make it happen in her flesh and coming up with what she thought were brilliant ideas to make the promise happen, and finally came to a place and realized that this was all for nothing, then she finally used her faith to receive strength to her womb to conceive the seed that was good the whole time. Let me take it to a whole another level right here. Now, the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. His seed is perfect every time. So when he sows the seed, listen, seed sowing is the fun part. Can I get this one man to say amen? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, man. There's a rough crew in here tonight. Come on now. Come on now. Seed sowing is supposed to be the fun part. Okay, let me put it that way. Come on here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There we go. There we go. I'm right there. That's supposed to be the fun part. The, the tough part is not the seed sowing. The, um, this tough part is taking the seed and incubating the seed and growing the seed and seeing the seed come forth in harvest form. God created, biologically speaking, men to be seed sowers, women to be seed incubators. Whatever you give them, they will take it, they will multiply it, and give it back to you in harvest form. If you give a woman a house, she'll give you a home. If you give her, come on now, a, a, a trunk load of groceries, she'll give you a meal. Just simple illustrations. But if you sow hell into her life, I promise you, it's coming back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Come on now. Your wife is not historical. I mean, hysterical, she's historical. She don't forget a thing. Come on now. And I'm done. that's because God made women, whatever comes their way, they have been made in a very natural, godlike way to take it, to incubate it, to multiply it, and to bring it back to you in harvest form, whatever it, it may be. That's the way God created. So we are, the men are the seed sowers. Women are the seed incubators. The church is the seed incubator god the bridegroom jesus is the seed sower his seed is good every single time if that is true how come <clears throat> most people produce nothing in their life See, I love going to churches. I go to churches. I love doing conferences. I love doing revival meetings kind of thing. But here's one of the things that's very disturbing to me is that when I go to a place and I sow the seed. See, what we're doing here, what I'm doing here is the fun part. You're sowing the seed. Come on now. You're receiving the seed. This is the fun part here tonight. But man, we have got to come. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that the church of Jesus Christ, his sons and daughters, have got to get beyond the point of just, come on now, being there and hearing the seed being sown into them. Come on now. And you got to be able to take the seed. You got to be able to take the seed right there. Because when I go to churches, I go to revivals, I go to conferences, and then I come back two years later and nothing has changed all we're doing is having great services because we're giving birth to nothing 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you come to church, you go to church every week, and come on now, and you're not birthing anything new in your life. Come on now. Mm, yeah, God, you, you, you're created after the image and likeness of God, the creator himself. you got so much creativity on the inside of you. Unfortunately, most Christians have been literally been they've, been, they've been on spiritual and mental birth control pills. They haven't given birth to a new thought in years. Come on now. Come on. They haven't given birth to anything new in their life. Because every time the seed is sown, it gets aborted. Because they don't like the resistance that comes with it. you got to be diligent and vigilant about all of this kind of stuff. So here's what needs to happen. Just like Sarah. The womb of the church needs strength. Sarah, by faith, by a choice of intentional faith, Sarah brought strength and power to her womb after 25 years and now was able to receive the seed that was good the whole time and to conceive it and to incubate it and to see it grow on the inside of her and to eventually give birth to the promise of God. We as the church here in 2022, come on, we need, I'm praying, I'm believing that fresh strength will come to our spiritual wombs. We got to be able to receive and receive and conceive and be willing to go through the resistance and be, be willing to see that thing develop and grow on the inside of us. <clears throat> There's a story that Jesus tells <clears throat> in Mark chapter 5 about a lady with, uh, who has this issue, the Bible refers to it as an issue of blood for 12 years. Jesus has just come off the boat. He was on the other side of the lake where he cast out over 4,000 demons out of one man. Okay? Let me just say this because I just like saying it. And I just like teasing people. I like giving people a hard time. Uh, when, when it comes to demonology kind of thing, it's all about authority. It is all about authority. Come on. If Jesus said all authority has been given unto me, how much authority does the, the demons have? They got none. They got absolutely none. I mean, I, man, this has become so, I thought I understood authority until about, and I, I've been talking about it off and on, even here uh, on Thursday nights kind of thing. But I'm telling you right now, when you're talking to demons, come on, you speak. Jesus didn't talk. Jesus one time, one time in three and a half years, and by the way, that what Jesus did when we read in the gospel was just a glimpse of what he actually did kind of thing. But just one time did he actually ask the demon what his name was. But we got people in ministries that have written books and volumes on how to handle demons. And, uh, and most of them talk about that you need to talk to the demon. And you need to ask the demon his name. And you need to get a background check on that demon kind of thing. And find out its history and its blood history kind of thing. And see where that thing came from. And how many decades that thing has been in existence. And I say that's all a bunch of bull loney. 
Stop with that thing. Jesus did it one. Jesus spit in somebody's eyes and they got healed one time. He spit on. We don't go around building a doctrine, come on now, that we need to spit on everybody before they get healed kind of thing. Well, how stupid is that? I mean, people, Christians are, sometimes they are so, they got the spirit of stupid that needs to be cast out of them kind of thing. And, uh, and again, now, now we, got, we, got, we got to talk to them. We got to have a conversation. We got to dialogue with the demon. No, you need to understand that that demon has no authority whatsoever. However, come on, it might be functioning in such a way because it stole authority from a particular person kind of thing. So it has some kind of authority in that particular person's life. But as it relates to you mm, coming in contact with that demon kind of thing and setting that person and delivering that person free, you need to understand that you in Christ Jesus have all authority. Come on now. Therefore, you they have no authority. And the Bible records, at least my Bible still says in Revelation chapter 1, that we are kings and priests unto God. And even though the book of Romans calls uh, Satan the prince of the power of the air, mm, uh, kings supersede princes every single time. Come on. Think. So you know, a prince can never tell a king what to do. And yet all of us kings, uh, uh, who Jesus is the king of kings and lord of, and uh, so we are the king under him and uh, but we go around letting this prince tell us what to do and what not to do kind of thing well the reality is he has no authority whatsoever so I don't I have stopped saying the phrase I take authority over that thing because there's nothing to take from them because I already have it all so Jesus just said demon come out now body be healed dead person get up in the name of Jesus. So he comes, he comes out, he just, he just did that stuff with 4,000 demons. All he did was they asked for, they begged for mercy to be cast into the pigs, and he said, Go. And he walked away. That's what he said, Go into the pigs. See you later. Bye bye. Come on. Didn't sit around having four hour conversations. I mean, I, I am just dumbfounded when I, when I hear stories and read books, kind of thing, and listen to people teach about this stuff. I'm just like, oh my goodness, have these, have these people actually read the New Testament? Kind of where do they come up with all of this nonsense, kind of stuff? So here Jesus comes out of the boat, he's walking this way. And a man by the name of Jairus comes up and says that he has a daughter who's 12 years old and is about to die, and says, I know. I'm not hoping, I'm not guessing, I'm not wondering. I know if you'll come to my house, she will be well. And so Jesus said, man, that is faith right there. And so Jesus turned around. He's on his way this way. He turns this way, and he begins walking this direction. Now, while he's walking this direction now, this 12-year-old girl is the target of Jesus. This lady with the issue of blood is going to come up behind Jesus, but Jesus doesn't even know that she's in the crowd. He doesn't even know that she has a problem. In fact, she's going to actually hijack the power of God because he's and uh, with that because he that he because he, he turns around and says, "Man, he doesn't even know who did it." He said, "All I know is I felt power flow out of my being, and somebody touched me with faith, which literally hijacked my power without me even knowing about it." That's some crazy faith right there, but his target now I want to, I'm, gonna, I'm about to help somebody better somebody better listen now because Jesus's target is that 12 year old girl his target is not this this lady with the issue of 12 years the issue is the late girl with the 12 years and she is walk he is walking away from her 
doesn't even know she's there. He, she, he's walking away, come on now, and keeps on walking. And here she is, 12 years, come on now, mm, blood flowing out of her. Spent all of her money on doctors. So at one time she was wealthy, now she is not wealthy any longer. But she sees Jesus, and she says, she kept on saying, she kept on saying, she kept on saying, if I can just but touch something that's touching Jesus, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch the bottom of his clothes, I know that I will be well. I'm not hoping, I'm not guessing, I know something will happen. I know that I will be well. So Jesus is on his way to this 12-year-old girl. He is walking away, come on now, from her. And so many people, after 35, 7, 37 years of ministry, have come to me and said, well, I don't, I don't understand, Pastor. Yeah, God, I'm, I'm believing God for my breakthrough. I don't understand. It seems like God is moving in the opposite direction of me. Listen, if you're going to sit around and wait for your breakthrough, most of the time it ain't going to happen. You're going to have to get up off your rusty dusty, come on now, and you're going to have to go after your breakthrough. Go after your breakthrough. Use some intentional faith and confidence. Get up. Come on now. No matter how weak you may feel, no matter how many years it seems like it's not getting the breakthrough, you need to get up and start moving towards Jesus. Come on now. With some faith. And when you do that, the whole story is implying to us it wasn't a straight path to Jesus. She wasn't going for his head. She was just going for anything on the ground, close to the ground kind of thing. So here she is, weak, absolutely no strength whatsoever, and she takes a step of faith, no straight path to Jesus. He's on, he's on the move kind of thing. But when she starts to take a step of faith, something opens up, and she moves into the gap. Come on now. Uh, come on now. The gap between you and your miracle is closed by walking by faith. Come on now. Come on. If you want to close that gap right there, you got to. And then, then when she took that step, another gap would open up, and she stepped into that gap. It wasn't a straight path. It was a, a journey that went all like this. But she kept her focus on Jesus until she got what she wanted from the Lord. I want to encourage you. Come on, some of you sitting around, well, I don't understand. I don't think what the Lord really wants it to happen. I guess it will happen. No, you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to put some action to your faith. You're going to have to step into that thing. And God will open up something else, and you step into that. And come on, and you walk in the light you have, God will give you more light. And you walk in that, and you begin, no matter even... It's not going to be a straight line. It's not going to be a, just a straight line, quick, easy thing to Jesus kind of thing. But you've got to keep your eyes and keep on moving. Now, here's the whole issue. So here we got this lady over here. And again, I'm not being like I said a month ago, not trying to be crude or rude, anything. So we have a lady over here for 12 years where <clears throat> her period has not stopped for 12 years. Blood is just flowing. Over here, we got a 12-year-old girl that's about to step into a season in her life where that period is going to begin. Where she is now going to step into a season of her life at the right time with the right person where she can receive seed and be a seed incubator. So over here, we got a lady here who represents, come on now, this older generation right here, 
an older generation, an older generation that is carrying legacy, come on now, and trying to give birth to that legacy. We got a generation over here that literally is trying to give birth to brand new destiny over here. And so she's about to start. This one's been dealing for, for 12 years over here. And it isn't that whole thing where it stops after she gets healed. Come on now. Uh, and the cycle is broken. I said, for those of you who were here a month ago, I said, when the cycle never breaks, you never conceive the seed. That's how you know you conceive the seed is when the cycle is broken in your life. So we got a whole generation. Now, the Bible records that it's supposed to be the older generation that trains up the younger generation or the young older women it trains up the younger woman about how to deal, come on now, with this whole issue of being a seed incubator. But how can the old generation, come on now, that's carrying legacy, come on now, help the new generation that's trying to give birth to destiny if they never allow the Holy Spirit to break the cycles and help them deal with their own personal issues? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Jesus has to deal with this to give birth to that. Yeah. So that, that, that's, what, that, that's, what, that's one of the huge lessons in that story right there. It isn't just about a couple of people getting healed as wonderful and awesome as that is. Jesus is trying. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence that it was 12 and it's 12. Never when you see these things happen in the Bible, it's not a coincidence. These are supernatural things that God is trying to, so ah, cycles, 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 things that are reoccurring in our lives, issues that we never deal with, baggage that we keep on carrying. Come on now, and we never let the Lord heal in our heart kind of thing. So that cycle never stops, and mm, therefore, how do we know, how do we know, how do we know, how do we know that uh, when a woman becomes pregnant? You can't tell by looking at her from outwardly. Nobody can tell, but she can tell because the cycle is broken. It stops. Huh. I'm telling you right now, if you, if, you want to, you want to, if you want to overcome, everything that's born of God overcomes. Well, what overcomes or what breaks the cycle and deals with the issues, come on now, the resistance is going to keep on coming. You've got to use your faith. Come on, that overcoming, that power of your faith, that overcoming, no limits, no boundaries, no walls, continual ongoing power that's working on the inside of you to deal with the issues and break the cycles in your life. Why? So that you can give birth to the promise of God, to the dream of God. So you, yeah, I want to encourage you, stop, st stop sitting around and blaming whatever. Come on, your boss, come on, blaming, come on now, the, the, the guys that are running the studio, mm, stop blaming the guys, come on now, stop blaming your wife, stop blaming everybody else, and just look, go to the Holy Spirit, and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help, I need your help. I got some issues going on in my life. I got some cycles that keep on happening. I've been dealing with this thing for literally 12 years in my life, and I still can't get victory. I still can't overcome that thing. So if you want to, you, know, you want to overcome, come on, everything that's birthed of God, come on now, delivers. 
So you got you to get delivered. You got to get delivered. That's why the Bible refers to as the woman, the woman who's going to give birth to a baby. It says, it came time for the woman to be delivered. Not the baby. Babies don't get delivered. It's the woman. When you get delivered, something comes out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until something comes out of you, you're not delivered. And so the Bible says it came time for the woman to be delivered of that which was inside of her. Uh, so all of us have dreams. All of us. Come on now. We're all seed incubators. The church as a whole, individuals, our heart, all of us. We are inter, come on now, dependent upon someone else to produce the harvest in our lives. A corresponding counterpart. The seed of God needs a corresponding counterpart for him to produce a harvest. Let me say it again. Even the seed of God's Word. Seed, time, then harvest. This law shall never, ever be revoked. It shall never be superseded. You can't bypass this law. It will be in motion as long as this earth is revolving around the sun and it's in existence. That law, seed, time, harvest. But the seed of God needs a corresponding, come on now, counterpart to come into agreement with it and work with it and incubate that seed. So I'm praying tonight, may there be strength by faith that comes to our spiritual wombs so that we can conceive once and for all the seed of God's dream, the seed of God's promise, the seed, whatever he has said to you, whatever you believe God wants to do in and through and for you. I'm telling you individually, corporately, with your family, a lot of you are right now, right now, right now, I've, I've talked to many of you right now, you're in the process of seeing a dream come to pass. Come on, it's in motion even now. So the, the easy part is receiving the seed. Because the easy now, now the hard part now is you gotta come on now, you gotta you gotta let that thing grow on the inside, right? When a, when a woman, I remember when Sue got first pregnant with our first daughter Danielle over there, kind of thing. I was like, uh, why? You know, you get sick, right? They, uh, you know, we men, we don't we don't get it. We don't understand it. We really don't. And the truth is, we're good with that. Come on now, we're really, yeah, we, we're totally good with that. I don't want to know. Man, are you kidding me? That's crazy stuff, giving birth to people. And, uh, and so we're, I'm totally good with not knowing how that works. Come on now, how you do that? Please, please. And so uh, uh, anyway, so, right, so the first trimester, you're sick. Morning sickness. Letting you know things are starting to grow on the inside. Things are starting to transition and develop on the inside kind of thing. And so then the next trimester comes. They say that's it, you know, generally speaking, that this is the, the good trimester kind of thing, right? Where you start feeling better, right? All of your senses start to heighten, right? Your taste buds, ooh, they're powerful, powerful, powerful. Your sense of smell, powerful. You can smell people cooking two blocks down the house. 
down the block, come on now. And you're like walking out, you're like waddling over there, come on now, knocking on the front door saying, what the heck are you cooking in there? Come on now, I need to get some of that right there, right? You're sending your husband every hour and a half to the store to buy something. You're like, why? You're hungry, right? Kind of, you're always, I remember I said to Sue, I said, man, and, and, and she was like, you know, get all tired all, all the time kind of thing. And I was like, what the, why are you so tired all the time? Yeah, exactly. I was young, you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I was saying, right? And she said, come over here, and let me slap the spirit of stupid off of you, kind of thing, and stuff like that. What am I going to I got something, I got a human being growing on the inside of me. That's why I'm tired every day, you goofball, kind of thing. And so, and so you're like, but the, you, you, you start feeling better, your face is glowing. Oh, look at you, looking so pretty, right? Even people that they said were ugly are now beautiful now during this trimester for like, like, like three months of beauty. Come on, that's why they're having 10 children. Come on, they want to experience that over and over and over again. Come on now. And uh, I, was in, I was in a church one time, actually. My pastor friend was in a church one time, Dr. Gustav. He might be here at some time. He told me he was in a church one time where it was in a church where they don't wear makeup. The women don't wear makeup kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? You've been in one of those churches? They got their hair in a bun, right? It's usually greasy. And, uh, and so, right, they got, they, they don't wear, you know, they only wear these big dresses that flow to the ground and kind of thing and stuff like that. And so he, when he, there was a person that came up, needed prayer, needed a demon cast out. He called up three of these ugly women up out of the congregation and had them stand in front of the man with the demon. And he said, now just wait. You just wait. Now just stand there. Don't be alarmed. Just wait. Just give it a few minutes. That demon's going to be running in a few minutes, I'm telling you right now. He's going to see what's going on right here. He's going to want to get out of here. Come on now. <laughs> so I literally fell out of my chair. There was, like was like a thousand people in the conference. I was sitting in the front row. I literally fell out of my chair on the ground. I was laughing so hard that he uses these Pentecostal ugly women with no makeup kind of thing to cast demons out because they were so crazy ugly. The demons are running for their life. Come on now. And so, I mean, he was t- this is right from the pulpit. He's telling these stories kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, that is revolutionary. Come on now <laughs> come on i've never seen anybody do anything like that before but anyway and so um but then but then, but apparently they were not in that trimester because they would be looking good then and so uh but now then the third trimester comes along right and now you're so uncomfortable you're so big you know sue carried the both girls out here not out here all out in the front, man. She couldn't even hardly sit. She couldn't lay in bed. You know, you, you know, women are kind of, they're just like, they can't barely walk. They're so miserable. And they're like sleeping in the lounge chairs now, kind of thing. And, all of a sudden, and then they come to the place and they're like, all I want to happen is for this thing to get out of me now, kind of thing, you know. So, and they're out there. And what am I trying to do? I'm just trying to be in a humorous way to illustrate. It's not fun. Most of the time, it's not fun or easy to be a seed incubator. Come on now. There's all kinds of stretching. Nobody wants to be stretched. Nobody likes stretch marks. Come on now. Nobody likes the contractions. Come on, but if you want to give birth, you're going to have to have some contractions and you're going to get, have to get some stretch marks. Come on, some spiritual stretch marks. Come on, in your spiritual body. Come on now, in your spiritual man. And you got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and allow the Lord to stretch you and bring resistance so that you can use your spiritual muscles. Come on now, to be developed only through resistance and so that people can see. Come on, they can see. That's why when in the book of Hebrews, 
Hebrews 12, 3, when it says that it was the joy that was set before Jesus that gave him the power to endure the absolute wickedness and the shame and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, just the absolute pain of enduring that cross right there. It was the joy that was set before him. And I remember, and I've heard, I've heard my, I think I've heard my wife say this, but I, I've heard other women say that after they give birth, they go through all of it. You watch them give birth. I mean, I'll tell you, man, when I, I watched Danielle be born the first one, I didn't know what was coming. I was standing right there. I was like, what the heck is going on here? What is this? And blood's flying all over the place. Kind of thing. And then they pulled that placenta out. I almost threw up. I was like, what the? I didn't know that. I, didn't know, I did not know that was coming. And I was like, why doesn't somebody, re, you know, give me a little warning or something kind of thing? I was like almost fainted, you know, and then um, passing out, throwing up kind of thing. I'm like, what the heck? Why, why is it like this? You know, kind of thing. And then, and, uh, and so I was like, oh my God, I thought that was like another baby coming out kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, it's a dead baby coming out of her kind of thing. I was like, oh my God, dear Jesus, help us. I, I, I really, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was so ignorant. And, uh, and so they didn't, t- they didn't tell you about this in the Lamaze class kind of thing. And, uh, and so and they're just telling you to make ooh, ooh, ah, ah sounds and all that. And it's like, that's really going to help. And uh, that's all a bunch of nonsense to make money. That's all that is. Anyway, and so, uh, uh, so when it's all over, like, and it's not that all that long into the future, and the women are talking about having another baby. And I'm like, man, in my mind, after what I saw you go through, I'm like, God, like, why in the world would you want to even put yourself through that again? And uh, until I, you read the scripture, and here it is right here. When you see the joy of what you gave birth to, it will always supersede the pain that you have to endure to incubate the seed. So I just want to encourage you with it. No matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what kind of resistance, no matter how it looks or doesn't look kind of thing, man, let's allow the Holy Spirit, come on now, to bring a fresh impartation of strength. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Father, we just come to you. If you're watching on the Facebook, just lift your hands to the Lord wherever you may, unless you're driving. In the name of Jesus right there, we thank you, Lord God, Father. We thank you, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord, through the power of, and through the impartation of your word here tonight, may there be, Lord God, Father, you see all these absolute wonderful, precious sons and daughters of yours, Lord God, so gifted, so talented, so graced, Lord God, Father have so much potential, Lord God, Father, so big dreams, Lord, big dreams, big dreams, big visions, Lord God, Lord God, Father, you have dropped into their hearts, Lord God, and you have strategically placed them right here in L.A., Hollywood area, Lord God, for such a moment as this, Lord God, Father, it may not look like it, but I decree and declare tonight that you have, Lord God, Father, orchestrated their circumstances and worked it out in such a way that they ended up coming, Lord, from another state, from some of them from another nation, Lord God, and worked in their heart and convinced them that this was the time and this was the season, Lord God, Father, to come, Lord God, and take that which you have graced them with and to literally go into the Hollywood industry, into the music industry, into the art industry, into the fashion industry, and to use that which God has given you and to use the light of God's glory and the light of God's word and the light of God's 
love, to to influence the culture, and to help change the content of what's coming out of these different industries for the glory and for the honor of God, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, that you are raising up a young, genuinely called, Lord God, a a generation of, of men and women of God, Lord God, that have this kind of passion, Lord God, Father, in the name of Jesus. All kinds of resistance, all kinds of resistance coming from every direction their way, Lord God. But I decree and declare, Lord, that tonight, 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 tonight now, just put your right hand right on your stomach. That's where your spirit is right there. In the name of Jesus right now, I decree and declare strength to your spiritual womb tonight in the name of Jesus. Strength, we by faith, we receive strength to conceive the seed of God's word like we've never had before in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that the day of that seed being aborted, Lord God, the day of that seed, Lord God, Father, growing to a certain amount then, Lord God, Father, other things coming and killing the seed, Lord God, or giving up on the seed, Lord God, Father, and not letting the, the seed to be fully incubated on the inside of our spiritual womb. Thy say and declare that that day is over, Lord God, Father, that we are not going to back up, let up, give up, or show up but lord god we are going to receive the seed of god's word that is good whole and perfect every single time lord god father even tonight as we've sown the seed of god's word into their spiritual wombs tonight we thank you lord god father that this wisdom that's being lord god dropped into their heart tonight is going to produce a long-lasting glorifying harvest that brings honor to your holy name we pray in the name of jesus so we thank you lord god for that in jesus name we thank you lord god Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just release strength in the name of Jesus. Strength in the name of There it is right there. I feel the anointing of God. I heard the Holy Spirit just lay my hands on each and every one of you here tonight.